Hello and welcome to Cooking Your Way Through Life. Today's episode is having a seat at the table. And today's recipe is a tofu bun mi sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Cooking Your Way Through Life is a podcast combining knowledge of the kitchen and applying it to real life situations. This podcast is all about understanding techniques to make things you already know even better. Topics from traveling on a budget, setting and achieving short and long-term goals, and of course, cooking. On today's episode, we're going to go over the difference between having an actual seat at a table versus just being at a table and having no input. We're going to discuss if this is important or is it something that's just overrated now? Like, do you need to sit at every single table? You're also going to teach you how to make an amazing bummy sandwich with some tofu. So sit back, get ready, and enjoy. Please welcome Chef Hollywood. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cooking Your Way Through Life with me, Chef Hollywood. And today I am here with my boy TJ. I mean, I would introduce him, but you guys obviously love his ass because all his episodes are always like top downloaded. So it's this guy. He's a creator, a teacher, a director, a choreographer, um, podcast host of his own. Um, he pretty much does everything. And yeah, so TJ, go ahead and t- say hello to the people again. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. It's me. I'm back. My name is TJ Tecario. Um, Like Drake said, I am a native South Floridian, born and raised here. If anybody wants to know where I reside, that's where I reside. Um, yeah, and since the last time we talked, I've been just kind of hustling and trying to make 2021 work and doing things and working on myself and working on projects. And yeah, I've done a lot, but um, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be back. And uh, yeah, let's get this going. Oh, man. Well, welcome back. Thank you for joining me again for season three. Um, I say this a lot. I can't believe that. Season three. I know. It's season three. And thank you. Um, But I say this a lot. You know, I just really appreciate you guys, like, coming out and taking time out of your day. Um, As you just heard, TJ is super busy. So, you know, (laughs) penciling me me in, you know, for a little little podcast recording works out. You know, Uh, I I will tell you guys. I don't think it's busy. I think he, it's, he, our, it's our it's our schedules that are 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 not don't align. aligned. Yeah, yeah, they just don't line up. Yeah. Well, guys, today we are going to talk about a topic which is pretty. Um, it's, it I would say it's pretty clear that a lot of us go through it. Not, mm-hmm. not good. Um, yeah, it's like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, we talk I about. Think I think it's a theme that. A lot of us face, and it's always uh, um, a constant question that you ask yourself in in every setting that you're in. You know what? Um, yeah, but without giving it all away right now, I'll let you do the rest. But I think it's a question that I always ask myself every single time that I start something new, or I need to reinvent, or I'm rethinking things. I always have to think about these things. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's um, and for those of you guys who are wondering, it is cook your way through sitting at a table and yeah i I agree with you it is one of those things it's in the back of my head a lot um and i just want to talk about it with somebody else you know get your perspective Mm -hmm. on it kind of see where you see where it comes from with with your experiences versus mine and 
you know, sure. get it out there. So also today, as you might have known, if you listen to season one and two, TJ is a vegan. So we always cook vegan food when he blesses hey. us with his presence. And today's no different. Today, we are going to cook a tofu bun me, which is actually really good because I love bun me. So it doesn't really matter what you have on your bun me. The bread is a star. Um, yep. But we're going to make the tofu amazing today. So do not worry, guys. Do not worry. But it's a completely I think that was, vegan bun me. I think that was a thing last time was like having that tofu. And I mean, uh, it's it's just like so, um, what do you call that? absorbent of flavor so yes. whatever you it's put a, on it's it a flavor sponge you need yes. it, it will soak up the flavor just don't be afraid because you need a lot of flavor like uh-huh like monet exchange said soak it up so you gotta really gotta put all <laughs> the flavor on it and don't be afraid of it too you know i think people are afraid yeah. because if you just popped a square of tofu in your mouth it's not it's not good no the texture's not, not good zero mm. flavor why is yeah. it sitting in water like all these questions go through your mind but once you put flavor on it and you cook it a little bit put some yep. extra toppings on top it's good it's good yeah, yeah if you do you think that a lot of sorry do you think a lot of people are joining the vegan bandwagon i feel like what i've been saying is it, at least on the chef world side like on the food industry side is that a lot of people have been going more plant-based Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of people, at, at least in the past two to three years, I've been, at least my clients and people that I talk to, even in virtual classes I've been giving, the idea of vegan was a phase for a lot of people for a minute. But mm -hmm. then like, I think when they started eating a lot of stuff that wasn't appetizing, didn't know what was in it, a lot of those people are transitioning to plant-based and like just making sure that. They're well, more... is the term is it just the terminology terminology that's changing because people are realizing like, I mean, tofu is technically plant based. It's soy, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a soy protein. So, but like at no point, and tofu's been around for. I mean, tofu's years. been around forever. Yeah, yeah. So the word is like it was vegan before, but I feel like it's now like maybe more mainstream to say, "Oh, I'm plant based" versus vegan. You know. Because some yeah. people don't want to eat meat, but they're like, oh, I can eat. I don't know. It just for me, it's just like a, the word changed and all of a sudden it became more desired. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. For the, I, I, I definitely, maybe it's like putting a designer label on it mm -hmm. by saying mm -hmm. plant-based. I say that from a, from the food industry standpoint, because there's a lot of vegan food or products from the past that we don't use a lot anymore. Because there's just a lot of mm -hmm. chemicals in it. Um, we we had to put so much stuff in it for you to feel like you were eating meat that it wasn't even healthy anymore. And I mm -hmm. think a lot of a lot of people like you who actually you cook your food, you like this is a lifestyle for you. Like you already were plant-based. Mm -hmm. Basically. Like you you never were one of those chemical vegan people. So yeah. I mean, I love a good processed food. I mean, and that's the key with with being vegan too. I'm sorry we're on this tangent about veganism, but I think it's like you can any even if you ate meat or if you ate animal products, you can still not you could eat as many processed foods even if you were a vegan or plant-based because a lot of the yeah. stuff is processed heavily and that's something yeah. that you have to take care of when you're when you are becoming vegan or when you are plant-based because those things 
you don't know what half of them are inside mm-hmm. of the to make up these things. So you <laughs> just really have to be careful and start incorporating, you know, for a while I, I did eat a lot of those and I started to cut back and kind of, yeah. you know, make grains and make things that I know what's in it and that I feel comfortable being like, okay, well, at least there's not 900 things. I put, you know, some spices, some oil and, you know, lentils in a pot. And I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah, that's, yeah. Good for, that's good for me for today. Yeah. I think a big part of it is cooking your own food too, though. Because when mm-hmm. you cook your own food, then like you say, you know what's in it. Like you see everything. You're not going to cook something with 900 ingredients at your house. Like who has time for that? I can't, first of all? I can't get past like, 10. When <laughs> like, it, you when know, it, like. <laughs> when a recipe has more than 10 things, I'm like, oh, I can't. I can't do it. And that's including <laughs> spices. If, oh you, if I have to pull out my whole spice cabinet, I'm like, I, I don't got time for this. And this is why I say spice. I don't even I don't even say where they are. I'm just like, put the spice in. So that's yeah. one thing. <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite things, sorry to go on a tangent again. One of my favorite things is the scallion pancake that from America's Test Kitchen. Oh. And it has three ingredients in it. Three. It, is, it does. I Flour, actually, that, warm water, scallions. That recipe is great. I hated making it because it's not perfect for a cast iron skillet. We just had to do that for optics. But <laughs> a cast iron skillet on a stage that's not a real kitchen, it made that day horrible. But um, the recipe is great. You're right. And it's very simple. And it's not a lot of ingredients, so but it is good. It's very good. So Use good. a nonstick skillet at your house. So yep. much easier, guys. No smoke. <laughs> yep. It's three ingredients. I mean, it's a little time consuming, but... I mean, for three ingredients, I was, and it tastes crispy and good. I mean, yeah, no, it's really good. I agree with you. Enough with the food. Maybe I'm just hungry. All right. Yeah. Maybe you are. Well, let's start with the food before we get into the talk. Okay. We're going to start with our recipe that we're making, which is our tofu bun meat. The thing we're going to do first, guys, it is very simple. Like, if you've never had a bun meat sandwich, it's actually my favorite sandwich. Um, Mm -hmm. You probably heard me say this before on these. It's funny. I probably, I definitely have said this before on my podcast, but I've never made a bun me. But bun me is my favorite sandwiches. Um, I don't know why, <laughs> but it's just like it's something about the bread, and yeah. it's just like I love sandwiches. Um, traditionally, they are made with sliced pork, and mm-hmm. outside of that, you can pretty much make them with anything. So you can get them with chicken, tofu, um, the pork, beef, anything, pretty much. Um, they also are made up of pickled vegetables, so usually carrots, onions, um, either pickled or fresh jalapenos. And then you need some fresh cilantro on top to bring it all home. And then you have some sort of a spread on it. And we're going to do all of that today, but we're going to start by getting our tofu together. So as TJ mentioned, tofu is a flavor sponge. We want to make sure our tofu is heavily heavily seasoned but a good way to do this if you're doing something like um what we're gonna do today which we're gonna basically make our tofu crispy and fry it we're gonna kind of treat this the same way we would treat chicken in the way mm-hmm. that we put it in buttermilk and then into the flour but instead of putting it in buttermilk we're going to put this into a marinade mixture so i think today since Bummies, even though it's a sandwich, it's kind of light and fresh. I think we should use some citrus juice, like some orange juice here, some orange zest. And then let's add in some garlic powder, some ginger powder, Mm. kosher salt, black pepper. 
TJ loves nutritional yeast, so we're going to have some nutritional I yeast I think here. it's like it's a staple <laughs> in the vegan community. It like, is. To have it that is. like salty, cheesy kind of umami flavoring in it. It is. We're actually going to use it twice because it actually works twice in this recipe. So we're going to use it here. We're also going to use it a little bit later. Um, and then also the last thing I would say to put in here, which is really cool, is that we're going to add some soy sauce to the to the marinade mixture so it's going to absorb all of these flavors and you want this to kind of sit room temp for about at least 10 to 15 minutes and the key here to make sure that this absorbs is previous or before you put it into the bowl with all the ingredients we just said you want to let your tofu dry out so we're essentially want to lay it on paper towels slice it to the size you want lay it on paper towels and let it dry out for about 45 minutes and then when you put it into the bowl here, it's going to reabsorb liquid. Because if you buy tofu, then you know that it's in liquid. So it's always constantly pretty much moist. So we want to get that moisture out. And then when it does reabsorb moisture, we want to have our flavors in there, if that makes sense. So we want to have you might have offended uh, You might have offended a lot of your um, viewers and your subscribers when you said the word moist. Moist doesn't bother me. Well, anymore. moist bothers a lot of people. It used to bother me, but it's some other stuff that bothers me. That I'm not going to say, but we <laughs> should have put a trigger warning in this before and said, <laughs> if you are triggered by some vocabulary, you will be triggered today. Moist. I feel like when you hear it in certain sense, like as I'm talking about food, you don't hear it the same. Like completely heard it stand stood out. Oh completely. my god! <laughs> and I, I don't mind the word, but it it makes me laugh every time I hear. It, it doesn't matter what context. When that I hear that word moist, I always just think giggle myself. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Um, parent parental guidance advised <laughs> for the episode. <laughs> no trigger warning. Trigger, trigger warning. warning. That was a trigger warning. All right, so our tofu is gonna go ahead and sit over here, and we can jump into our topic now. So. Sitting at the table, TJ, um, right out the gate. What is your opinion of the phrase having a seat at the table? Um, well, first and foremost, mine is uh, wood, acacia wood. And it's slatted and it is from, I believe this is from Crate and Barrel. <laughs> Crate and Barrel. Don't even come for me. Don't even try me with Ikea. <laughs> Crate and Barrel. And crate and barrel um, blue leather chairs too. Um, but when we talk about sitting at the table, what does it mean to me? I feel like sitting at the table is being heard, seen, appreciated, and working together for a common goal. Right now, yeah. when I was thinking about this, when we were discussing this. I was like, how many times have I had to do this? And I was like, oh, this isn't really going to apply to me. But like like I said in the beginning, it's always a cycle that I have to tell myself. It's like, how do I belong here? Do mm -hmm. I Am I valued in this space? Is what I'm saying valued as well? So that's the thing. And people of color, you and I are people of color. How much of our voices... Are, is getting injected into the table's conversations, right? Yep. Not a not a conversation of we think these people will like, and I, I quote unquote say these people, any person that is non 
white, I should say. Yeah. Um, if you're non-white, there's a guess sometimes on like how these people would view something or how they would interact or how they mm -hmm. would appreciate this. But when there's actually those people at the table, their own experiences can help benefit the people at the table even better, right? Yeah. So yeah. are we having a problem in entertainment with knowing that people that produce shows, I am just saying this because I have been talking to a vast array of people within the entertainment community. This is mm. not any any one instance that I've I'm talking about in a brief and not a brief in a broad overview. How is the person of color being voices being heard in this community, right? So how much of their experiences are getting told in a truthful manner. Now, that's also women, you know, women's places at the table with salary gaps and with um, having them, I mean, it feels like until recently, having them lead big corporations and companies and having mm -hmm. their value be, be there. Um, and that goes with, you know, um, the LGBTQ plus community, how is their voices being heard at a table? It's all of those key elements that I think, uh, I think about a lot about a table. And every time you go into an experience or into a job or into anything in life, it's like how much of you is going to get told and yeah. appreciated. I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. I um <laughs> to to I mean to expand on it on my viewpoint of it. I what you said I pretty much capitalized or like is how I'm feeling about it. But also mm -hmm. um I also feel like the table is ever expanding. Like we just talked about when you went into women and LGBTQ plus. It's like my biggest thing is if you are doing something or making anything that has anyone involved in it, those people should be at the table making decisions about it, in my right. opinion. like, And I think Hollywood is a perfect example if you never, if this is a new concept for you, because yeah, if you're making, if I'm making a TV show about, and I, uh, we already made people mad earlier, um, <laughs> I'm making a TV show about New York, you know, and it's a melting pot, and everybody always says that, it's weird to have six white friends, you know, shout out to friends. Um, because <laughs> it's like, how do you like, is this really how things are being interacted? And if there are people of color on the show, there should be people of color in the writing room and right. people and like women on the show, there should be women in the writing room and women like, because otherwise you're saying your viewpoint from your point of view for that person of color or that woman or what that you like think what you what yeah, you would what think, you think they would, yeah mm -hmm. and it's also one of those things too where there can be more than one like nobody's monolithic so like if just because especially in corporations like bringing it back to the average people like us who are not in hollywood i i've been in situations where i'm on the board or something as a chef and you know like automatically you get labeled the 
the urban chef or like the person that can talk to everybody. It's just like, that's not really true because just because I'm black and TJ's black over there, I might not fuck with TJ. Like just being honest. Yeah. Having different voices at the table brings a wider variety because we're not monolithic and it's better to have as many voices as you can in certain situations. And you know what? Here's something else that I want to say about this. This is what I, this is what I was thinking in my head. There, for me, there can be multiple sizes of tables, but mm-hmm. there is a table that easy they're going to be long and square with one person at the head, or we're going to have a circle, right? How yeah. much of yeah, your yeah. input is is respected? How much is is valued? Um, are you just going to be talking and saying what you think, and then it just kind of blows over because there's somebody at the head of the table that's going to make all the decision, right? Or are you going to put value? Are they putting value in your opinion and what you think, and to really move the event, the company, the anything, the idea forward in a in a more ro- well rounded um, fashion? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, as far as bouncing around, we did kind of bounce around, but it's good. It's good. We did. I mean, we started with vegan, right? And that wasn't even we on did. our agenda. <laughs> well, you just talked about companies and stuff, and uh-huh. that kind of goes into our next kind of thing of having real change in companies or in situations. Um, do you think that you can do it without having people at the table? Like, you know, and I, I asked that question because the biggest person that I can think of right now is Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry built his empire and now he's realizing that he wants to start adding in different writers, but you can argue that he built his empire without him. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's people there that help, help him in that whole situation. Now, here's a lot of things. I have a lot of things about this because we're, we are in a world of social media so there's a lot of people, a lot of social media, famous social media, social media people, TikTok, Instagram, they're very famous and they do it by themselves, right? YouTube is another one that I watch all the time. These people are famous because they've recorded it themselves. They've learned how to edit themselves. They're posting on a, on a, you know, a regular schedule, but it takes themselves to do all these things. They make all the decisions. Yeah. They make all the the mistakes. They reap all the rewards when the, when something goes right because they do it by themselves. Now, can do I believe that you can do it by yourself? Yes. Look at you and I. For something as small, for instance, is not knowing what podcasting was about or how to do it, but having the passion to share information to people is what took it from the ground to where it is now. Yeah. Right. We as entrepreneurs, you and I both know that there's an idea and what sets you apart from people that have an idea is doing right. That Mm -hmm. hustle, trying and doing. And that's where the entrepreneurship kind of comes into place is we're going to do this. We know we have that drive. We have that determination. We get really invested in an idea and then we do. Right. Yeah. The same thing happens. You reap all the rewards. You you lick your wounds when something goes wrong, but you've researched all yourself. Can you do it by yourself? Yes. Should you do it by yourself all the time? Probably not. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I, I think that's some things that I'm facing now is can I do what I do now by myself? 
Yes. Is yes. it lonely doing it by yourself? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Would I love to bounce ideas off of people and ha- have them, uh, you know, um, uh, partner with me? That's why my podcast is with somebody else. Like, I, I need the help of somebody to bring an idea that we can discuss and we can talk about wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And that's going to help somebody else. Yeah, I have information. We both have information um, to give. And that's like any business. You have a service to give. But how, what are the ideas that you can get more people to listen or more people to buy or more people to keep continuously coming in, retain those people and, and their interest is because you can have the help of other people. Right. And it's, it makes your sanity, Mm -hmm. anxiety, your depression, your, all of those things that you might not think of because people that are on the outside looking in think it's so good. Right. Where is it so good? What what you're missing is the climb, how to get there. Right. Mm -hmm. You're seeing somebody right at the top of their peak on top of the mountain, but you never saw all the trips and stumbles that happened to get there, right? Yeah. The drive, it took them to have that drive to do something small and it built, right? At some point you need help. You need to, you know, hold your hands out and say, I have this. Can you help me with it? Right. And it, it might not be as public. Tyler Perry might not have a whole, you know, he might not have, uh, come out and said that he has nobody doing it for him, but he has a whole team of people helping him, right? He has people that help him manage things, that help him do office things. So he has a whole team of people behind him helping him propel in the name of what he's doing. Now he thinks, okay, I have too many projects. It's gotten too big. I need to finally ask for help to write things. How is Mm -hmm. that going to go, right? Then unfolding that is now he instead of just having three projects that he can do, he can now do seven because taking on somebody else is doing more. And then he takes on another person, he can do 12 now. And then you take on another person and that person says, oh, I can do five more. So you're at 17 exponentially in the same time that you were going to do three. So asking for that help, it can unfold things that you didn't think were possible, but because you have the help, it is possible. And I think that's the same thing going to say, going along with sitting at a table is like because people are giving their input you exponentially can create an idea that's beyond what you thought was possible so yeah i agree Mm -hmm. i wholeheartedly agree um yeah it's it's that that individual drive but also getting to a point where you realize where you need other people to push to keep pushing it up the hill like you have this this boulder you're pushing but once you get so far up like you kind of need more people to help you stay Absolutely. steady in a way and it, at some point you need to say you've got great ideas you know everybody has great ideas but sometimes you just need somebody to say hey listen to this one what do you think or what can i do better and the hardest part is listening to the negative context of it you know, and that's the same thing with sitting at a table. You might be presenting something to a group of people sitting with you at the table and they absolutely hate it. But that constructive mm-hmm. criticism is something that's going to help you grow in in leaps and bounds, you know, because you're like, I never thought about that. And if somebody else thought that that was either a negative 
or it could harm the project or wasn't good, then somebody else out in the world that you don't know is going to have that same view and it's going to come back mm-hmm. to bite you in the butt. So I you're think thinking that's a big issue for a bit, a lot of big companies yeah. not having people at the table. Like, and it's a running joke where it's just like, you need a Jamal. Because it's a lot of people, a lot of these fashion companies and stuff like H&M been in hot water and stuff in the past for doing things or having um, having um, rollouts that offend people. And just like, if you would have had at least one Jamal in there, he would have easily been like, that's a bad idea, y'all. Like, yeah. <laughs> like let's not. <laughs> and I was, I was faced with a question. Somebody asked me, again, I'm going to speak very broadly. They said... <laughs> Um, I heard it from another, a person I know got posed a question about race in something. And I immediately, they told me, and I mean, you said that's cultural appropriation without even blinking. And they were like, what? I said, yeah, that's cultural appropriation. And they're like, no, it's not. And I said, if I immediately thought that somebody else in the world mm-hmm. going to think that as well. Not just one, multiple people are going to think mm-hmm. that. You know? So if you if somebody can easily look at something and say, "Oh, that's not right." Somebody else is going to think the same exact thing. As many yeah. people that think it's right is good, somebody else is going to think it's wrong. How do you how do you bend and shift that with conversations about in the beginning of building things, right? At the table, making those decisions together with people of color, with people of different ethnicities, people of different uh, beliefs, people of different uh, sexualities, you know, just kind of having that open dialogue so that you're not offending people. You don't have to go back and do the, you know, the the um, makeup tour for your, whatever you're doing. I don't, and when you say like, you need to hear negative, the fact that that's the first thing you thought about and then they got defensive. Sometimes yep. that happens. And when you get defensive, sometimes I think you need to take a beat or like take a step back and say, okay, hold on. Like, obviously a little piece of you might feel that it's wrong because you got defensive very fast. You know what I mean? Like, Oh my and- God. I used to get defensive all the time because I thought that I never, I thought that it was ironclad, everything. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And I, and I realized that now you're like, it wasn't ironclad. I didn't think of everything. I cut some corners, you know? It takes a lot to go back and relive those situations so that you can get better. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, guys. So we started the topic off finally after TJ's his team. So we're going to jump back into the food now and get back to our bun me. So only thing we've done so far is have our tofu set up. And I know you're thinking it might not be a lot, but it actually is. Um, another thing we could have did, but we kind of just bypassed it was I talked about the pickling vegetables. Mm. We could have made a pickling liquid earlier, but the reason why I didn't is because I actually like my pickled vegetables on my bun meat to be like, I, <laughs> I don't even know if this is a correct term to say in this instance, but I'm going to say it because it's my show. We're going to make these pickled vegetables out there. <laughs> oh, out there. Okay. See, so you're, you're <laughs> trigger warning on. Moist. We're gonna we're gonna make these al dente. I don't like them to be like super pickled. I like them to be like just starting the pickling process. So what I'd like to do is I like to make a hot pickling liquid, mm-hmm. pop my vegetables in, and I don't like them to sit in there for more than like 10 minutes. Like I just like them to start the pickling process. So they're still very crispy, 
because I don't want soft vegetables. You know, like if you buy those, you've seen those jars of pickled carrots and stuff in the home goods store that's been there forever for decoration. Like dusty, that's what you'll musty. get if you yeah, that's what you'll get if you pickle too long. We dusty, don't want musty. that. We, yeah. You don't want that. We want some crispy, like tangy vegetables here. So while our um tofu is still over here, we're cool with that. We're gonna get our pickling liquid together. So easy peasy, we just wanna do water and vinegar, salt, sugar, and whatever else spices we like. In this case. I'm treating the pickled vegetables as an accessory. So we're not going to do too much because we're going to take away from the sandwich itself. So we're just going to do a little red pepper flakes mm-hmm. and some garlic powder in here. Mm-hmm. That's it. Wholeheartedly um, agree. Not, yeah, not going to do too much. And for your vinegar, you can actually use whatever vinegar you like. I recommend for this particular sandwich to use either red wine vinegar or apple cider vinegar. Mm. Just because it gives you like a good flavor, it's kind of tangy, um, and it goes with the theme of the day a little bit more. Now, rice wine vinegar probably pops in your head because we are doing Asian, but rice wine vinegar doesn't have as much flavor as red wine vinegar and apple cider vinegar. So we're not putting a lot of spices in here. We do want to have some sort of, you know, impact with our veggies. So let's go ahead and get our carrots cut up. We want to do like little carrot sticks. Um, if you're really not into knife cuts, you could do some some carrots that are that are shaved, but just remember the smaller the item, the shorter time is gonna need to stay in the pickling liquid. So just cut some carrot sticks if you can. Um, we're gonna do the same size carrots and onions. So some sliced onions, carrot sticks, and I'm gonna go with you want fresh jalapenos or pickled jalapenos today? Pickled jalapenos. Okay, pickled jalapenos. I still like to just keep them um, slices. Like, I like my my jalapenos to be, like, slices. Like, I'm a big jalapeno person. So, in this way, just um, just some slices of jalapenos. We'll set these in a bowl. We can actually pickle all this together because mm-hmm. it's going on a sandwich together. Unless you have someone in your household or you don't want, you know, like, somebody doesn't want jalapenos, do two separate bowls. But otherwise, we can do this in one bowl. Let's clean up. We'll get our liquid going. It's going to be half water, half vinegar that you choose. And then you put in some sugar, some salt. You guys know I don't give you measurements on this show. You know, uh, <laughs> sugar, salt, our, our red pepper flakes <laughs> and some garlic powder. And we're going to make this come to a simmer. As soon as it gets to a simmer and that sugar is dissolved, you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So it's hot enough. And then once that's done, we're going to pour this over our vegetables. And we're going to leave this here basically until we start to build a sandwich, which we're going to fry the tofu and do everything else. So there's more than enough time now to pickle it. So that's why I want to start this process now. It's kind of your, your countdown clock. By the time you get to the vegetables, they're ready to go. So speaking of the tofu, we can go ahead and fry this off. And this is because we're going to make a, a press sandwich. So your bun is a press sandwich, meaning we're going to heat it up. So you can actually get your tofu done a little bit ahead of time and it won't be a serious issue. And this is cool because it lets you have a little bit more time in the kitchen as far as like not rushing here. Right. So you can you can put this into your prep process. And for our tofu, if you heard me in TJ's season two episode, I taught you how to make that crispy tofu by adding in a little bit of cornstarch, flour and cornmeal mix. So all three of those we could do those today, but I'm actually not going to do the cornmeal. In this instance, since we're making it into a sandwich, we kind of don't want that cornmeal in here, but we are going to still use that flour 
and the the cornstarch ratio of half and half. And the other thing I want to do is I want to add in a little baking powder. So the baking powder is going to give us a mm-hmm. little bit of height on our um on our batter. So it's going to make everything kind of like I said, more that southern fried chicken that I mentioned earlier with the buttermilk and the flour. This is going to give us that essence of some southern fried tofu here. So we'll go from our marinade mixture into our cornstarch and our flour mixture, which we also, by the way, all the spices that you added into the marinade mixture can go into your flour mixture. That's a that's a always for me. If you're battering anything, put half of your spices into your your meat or your protein or tofu in this case, and half your spices into your batter itself. So the flour in this case, that way it's not only seasoned on the outside, but on the inside guys. So we're going to go from that marinade mixture to our flour mixture. We're actually going to shake this off. And the key here is that we're going to do that step twice. So now we're going to go to the marinade mixture again to the flour mixture. So it's going to have two layers of that flour and cornstarch mixture, because as TJ probably knows, Flour falls off of tofu very easily. Now, the orange juice and the soy sauce is going to help it, but it's basically going to be something that we need to batter twice to get the texture that we want. So after we do that, shake off the excess, and we're going to use some either vegetable oil, peanut oil, avocado oil works great here. Any oil with a high t- um, high smoke point, coconut oil. You know, just want to fry these off. And then we're going to set these to the side, guys. And we are good and on a good spot for our tofu bunnies now. So jumping back into our topic. Now, TJ mentioned this way earlier when he told us that his table comes from Crate and Barrel, even though I know it comes from Ikea. It does not come um, from Ikea. (laughs) But as far as making your own table or creating your own separate path in the world, um, basically... We kind of hinted to this about being entrepreneurs, but at what cost does this come at? You know, like sometimes like what's the, what's the biggest downside of creating your own table sometime, I guess? Um, I think we talked about it a little bit. Actually, maybe a little bit more than a little bit. Um, Actually, yeah, I kind of guess we did. Maybe we should talk about something. Okay. You know, it's it's something that I you don't realize you're doing until somebody points it out to you, you know, if somebody had to tell me, wow, I'm really envious of what you do. And people have said that before and I didn't quite get it. Um, Mm. But just recently somebody said to my face pretty genuinely, they said, man, I wish I could do what you do because you're doing everything I've ever wanted to. You're working Mm. for yourself You're relying on you. You don't have to rely on anybody else. And I think during this time, I mean, we just entered 2022 and we're having, (sighs) we're having problems with supply chain problems, you know, we're having, we're having, um, worker problems. Well, I mean, people coming to work because of various things happening, COVID being a, a big, big one of those, um, so service is starting to to dwindle. You know, you can't really rely on that sometimes. And so people are having to make sacrifices when, mm-hmm. when you're working by yourself or you work for yourself and you don't have to rely on other people, you're 
sacrifice isn't that. You're not waiting on somebody else to wait on somebody else to wait on somebody else. That chain in that buck stops with you, right? Yeah. Now, of course, yeah, if you're yeah. an entrepreneur and you you provide a service that requires things to be delivered or you need things that are not in your in your capability or your in your presence, then of course it's going to be much harder. But for what we do, it's it's continuous. It's always a continuous yeah. cycle, right? Your people need you to do what you do. And that's that's the key when somebody when somebody is telling me that. They're like, people, you're not looking for services. You're not looking for things. You're not building anything. Your people are coming to you because they want you and what you provide. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not at a rarity right now. That's at the reverse. You have a plethora of that to give. All of it, yeah. right? And so that's a really big plus. You get to make those decisions. I work with people all the time. I create for them. They've given me the ability to create and do what I wanted to within reason, of course, you know, and being open and transparent with them and say, hey, listen, I need this much time or I can't do it or, you know, really being not firm, but knowing what you can offer how much you have to give, knowing that people are paying for you and your service and mm-hmm. what you can provide is really healthy to keep reminding yourself, you know, like why would you do the same service for somebody that you've been loyal to for so long? People hear about what you do and think they can undervalue you and, yes. and, and think that it's okay to say, Oh, well, can you do it for this price for money? Well, no, because somebody I've worked for (laughs) for a long time values who I am, what I do, my experience. And why would I undervalue them to give you the service? And being comfortable and saying, you know what, maybe that's not for me, but I know a whole host of people that might be, that this might be good for, for you, you know? Yes. And not ever, it took me a really long time to not undersell myself because I needed to, or I wanted to keep working or I was that workhorse. But after a certain point, you just get to that, that stage in your life where you're like comfortable enough to say, you know what, maybe this is not for you. Maybe the partnership between you and me, we can have, you know, when maybe something down the road happens. But for right now, Mm -hmm. I have this person, you refer people within your community to do that. Now, there's so many pluses to it. And of course, there's a lot of minuses, right? I work from home. I don't converse with a lot of people. I'm comfortable with that. I don't converse with a lot of people all the time. But I am fine with that. I'm this like extroverted (laughs) introvert. I can extrovert when I need to, but I'm fine by myself right? That can be scary for a lot of people. I have to make my own decisions. So there's a lot of anxiety sometimes going on in my head thinking like, oh, I don't know what they're going to think, or maybe this is the wrong choice, or I'm not doing good enough, or I don't have that reassurance of people saying, yeah, this is great, or no, that's not good, and making you know turns right and left that you need to. This is all decisions I have to make. So all that anxiety that's usually spread out like peanut butter with the whole team is on me. And I have to yeah. do that. So there's a lot of anxiety. There's depression in it. What am I going to do? And I went through that last year. It's like, I haven't, this is the first podcast interview I've done in almost eight months, maybe since the last one that I did with you, because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And yeah. being really accepting that it takes time and 
being gentle with yourself and letting yourself go through that and kind of finding out where you want to be and where you need to be is is good. It might take longer because you're on this path that nobody's ever seen before that you are really it's like you're taking the machete and you're carving out the weeds within this jungle, right? And there's mm-hmm. nobody else to tell you that path is right or I went that way. This is what I, you know, I experienced. You're going down it by yourself because what you have to offer is different than everybody else. So it's really it it can become dark at times, but it's also super rewarding because you did it yourself. And that's what we that's what took me a while to remember is I'm doing this by myself. And for somebody to look me dead in the eye and say, I wish I could be doing what you're doing right now is all I really want. Because I'm not chasing after something that I I hoped for. And a good friend of mine just told me this yesterday. He said, we can exchange ideas or somebody can pay you money for your creativity, mm-hmm. right? But as soon as you settle and people are paying you for time, you can never get that back. Because... Mm. I could get scared right now and I can say, you know what? Let me go work at Amazon. Let me go work at the Amazon shipping um, warehouse that's not so far from here. Let me drive Uber. Let me go do Uber Eats. You know, none of these are bad things at all. But maybe I got scared and I didn't know what to do last year. And I was on this path and I said, hey, you know what? I'm going to chill for a second and I'm going to go get this. I'm going to go get this job around the corner. Sorry. COVID. I I've sacrificed somebody paid me not for my creativity anymore. They paid me for a time. And that's the most valuable thing. I can never get that back to be creative again. So even if I spent two years just flying under the radar, have a good job, I can't get those two years back to be creative again. So yeah. I've completely lost out on that. So whatever money that I'm lacking now, I'm still I still have the room to be creative. I still have the space to do what I want to do and to really carve my own path. But I need to, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I need to not waste my own time. Right. I still am. I still have goals, really big goals. You know, like I still wanted to write a kid's book. I still need to keep, you know, keep, providing information to young artists via a platform of podcasting. I still need, I still do teach a lot. I still need to sharpen my skills and kind of reinvent how I am as a choreographer by taking classes, you know, and, and I still need to continue working on my body, mind and body, physical, mental, so that I am strong enough to keep going through all that, you know, as a depression, your body just kind of sinks and it kind of, becomes like a period and it just kind of doesn't want to do anything and it just kind of gets mushy. And Mm -hmm. then your mind kind of falls in that same sort of ability. So really trying to find that those um, happy moments of like getting that energy up and going to the gym and really kind of recharging your body, then it kind of picks up your mind and says, okay, let's go together right and let's do this together let's get back on track let's not think about how we 
you know, what we did eight months ago and how we haven't done anything since then. Let's start rewarding ourselves for small victories from that point on, right? I have prolonged doing this interview with you because I didn't want to. I didn't know how to anymore because I was in a slump for so long. But I just had to tell myself, all right, just suck it up. You know how to do this. Mm-hmm. You know how to tell people how you're feeling. You know how to, how to tell people um, what's going on or give them the information that you know and focus on the people that are there, not the people that aren't there. You know, yes. you, we, yeah. you and I both know we need to focus on the people that are listening, not on the people that aren't listening, because the people that are tuning in to this podcast are here because they want to hear information from you and they want to hear, see what I have to say as well. They're not, we're not worrying about the people that aren't listening to this, hoping that they listen, right? We're thinking, yeah. hey guys, we appreciate what you do. And this is every, every job hopefully that you're in is like, hey, we appreciate you being here and we appreciate what you are listening in for and not worrying about the people that aren't there, right? Worrying yeah. about the people yeah. that are in your circle, that are supporting you, that are giving you. And that sometimes is in yourself too. Supporting yourself to say, hey, I can do this. Like this podcast, right? I haven't done one in six, eight months saying, you know what? Go for it. Let's do it. I, d- I lied to you. I have done a few since then, but mm-hmm. they kind of blank out. <laughs> they kind of blank out. And um, I think to myself, uh, gosh, I, I'm fine. I get too nervous. I'm like, eh. I have, but I mean, it's fine. You know, it's like talking to a friend is the best therapy sometimes. It is. It really is. And um, I mean, and none of that, that ending portion of that last six minutes had Nainiri one iota of information <laughs> about carving your own path. I just, I mean, I realized that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Like the things well, that yes, but head. it was good information, though. It was- <laughs> <laughs> so for everybody that's listening, here's what happens in my head: I go through like, okay, you know, this is the question. Repeat the question. Start on this path. My path is nice and broad. That's why sometimes it's like the yellow brick road, just poppies all over the place, so big. <laughs> so broad and then all of a sudden it kind of spirals down and then we wind up ending up in like never back never in land. kansas again <laughs> back in kansas again but through the hurricane in reverse oh right my god well i um it's okay i mean you know it's just me <laughs> it's just you and all the people but that are some listening. Of the stuff, I mean, yeah, no, I'm. I mean, they're listening, but like, I'm looking yeah. at you with your Rapunzel hair. While I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, oh, go to my website. No, I don't think there's a picture on my website. If you go to my Instagram, um, it's uh, my handle's my same name, TJ Tekurio. T E K U R I O is my last name. You can see my hair journey there. I think you can see it. It's getting long. Well, you don't even know. <laughs> It's getting long. Well, I, was, I think it was eight. I was going to say you started out talking about the path and everything, and um, yeah. and it made me realize too. Like, it kind of goes into the last thing that we were going to talk about, which was like an experience that you had where you fought mm-hmm. to get a seat, and then you realized you didn't want it, and it kind of yeah. goes into everything you said because my experience with that was I was fighting one time to basically be seen, be heard, um, get yeah. into the inner circle of the company I was working for. And I got this title 
of if I say it's tight, I might know. <laughs> I, I think we both know. I no, no, that's not what you're thinking. Oh, okay. It was it was before. Okay. Yeah, no, I got this title okay. of um of it was a title and i was like oh this is really cool but as soon as i i realized that i was there i wasn't actually seen and heard it was like all mm-hmm. smoking like smoking mirrors um mm-hmm. i was in the meetings i was on the conference calls i was in the email chains but nothing i was saying was being heard nothing was getting done like nothing was happening and it goes back to what you said about the journey and people don't see that part because they only see the success. And so, like, when I got that job, I remember, like, all my friends were so excited and everything. Like, because I had posted about, like, yeah, I got the job. And, like, nobody realized, except for me, that, like, the job fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> I hate it here. Um, it's not even worth it. And that kind of pushed me into doing this now and kind of going down my own path. It was kind of like the the... What is it? The the feather they broke the camel's back. What's that phrase? Um. Anyway, it was the last straw. It was the straw. last straw. It was, <laughs> it was the last straw. And that decision is what that job is what pushed me to actually meet you eventually because that's what pushed me into going back into ships and stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. After having that job, and it kind of made me realize that when you said you got scared and stuff like. Now, when I think about it, I haven't had a traditional nine to five. Oh, God, no. Five in like five years. And oh, my God. I was, hold the, on one second. Okay. Talk about this nine to five thing. I started going end of last year. I started this like boot camp CrossFit sort of workout routine. And I'm realizing I'm talking to a good friend and I'm realizing I said, these are normal people. I was on the phone with her. I said, these are normal people going to this thing. And I'm athletic i have danced my whole entire life so i understand like my legs are strong my upper body isn't i have the reverse of a lot of people and i'm and i was like okay i'm not i'm not not fit but for me i'm not fit right Mm -hmm. as a as an athletic person i'm not fit because i haven't been training all the time but compared to normal people you become you're fit again but you're stuck you're in this box with them Mm -hmm. um and they're what i forget all the time is they're like oh i can't come on this day or this day or gosh i'm so tired they're like yeah you know i have to save up you know i save up energy for work and i said you know what i've never had a traditional nine to five (laughs) oh you never had one i don't think so well that's a lot right before covid started i had a desk job now it was an entertainment oh uh, yeah yeah you did so it was it's, like it still wasn't no it wasn't yeah <laughs> it was like it was not traditional 10 to 6 all right i mean 10 to six. that's technically still like tr- it's like it's, you don't have to work those as at hours but i don't know i don't talking to you about that job a little bit i don't know if it would be considered a traditional nine to five though like <laughs> no um, it was like, okay, our hours are ten to six, but you can come in at nine if you want to. Exactly. You can you can stay you can stay longer a day and then come in later if you have to. If you you know, so I didn't have to punch a card. It was like, mm-hmm. we trust you. Here's the work you need to get accomplished by this date. However many hours you need to do that, if you can do it in thirty hours, 
do it in 30. If it needs to be 55 hours, take 55 hours, right? Just yeah. make sure you're logging all these things, you know? And there's an expectation that you worked at minimum 40. But if you could get some work done and you wanted to spend, you know, if you wanted to do those 40 hours in three days, then you spend, you know, 14, 15 hours and you get hustled out so you can, you know, leave early. So it wasn't traditional, but that was that was the probably the Close only one. And I said, yeah, and I said that to myself, I don't think I've ever had a traditional nine to five. <laughs> Jaw agape. All of them like, what? I said, yeah, I'm nearly 40 and I haven't had a non-traditional nine to five. They're like, never? I said, no. That's why I can come at 5.30 in the morning or 5.30 at night or 6.30 at night, right? It's like, oh, I'm busy at night. Okay, I'll go in the morning. <laughs> or I don't feel like going in the morning. Okay, I'll go at night. <laughs> Just move around. You're a unicorn, around, you know? sir. You're a unicorn. Yeah. I And not to go off a super tangent on this because Alicia is on this season. We talk about nine to fives and we give the pros and cons of our experience at least. But like, not having one for so long, I realize now that if I go back into it, it actually gives me anxiety even thinking about it. Because what comes with a nine to five or a traditional nine to five, too, is that you it, for a contract, like I'm a contract worker now. I call myself a contract chef at this point mm-hmm. where I have my business and I do contracts like I control how my year looks. When you work at a company and you're just working a nine to five you don't control how your year looks. It's basically your life until you decide to leave. So it's automatically like, oh, the year just started. I got two weeks off this year. Yeah. Like for the whole year? Like, that's it. Like, like, And you know what? It's it's a lot of stuff that just makes me anxious about it. (laughs) It makes me anxious. You know why? Because you and I both know, and all of you contract workers out there that know, gig workers, it was terrible to 2020, right? It was like mm-hmm. trying to figure out what you were going to do. You pivoted or you did it. You pivoted or you sat down, one of the two. Yeah. But now that things are going, 2022 just started, right? And I'm already mm-hmm. taking a one-week vacation with my best friend. Yeah. If I, yeah. Was, on a, if I was on a traditional, not that there's anything wrong. There's nothing wrong shift, with it. Nope. That gave you two weeks off, you know, some sick days. I would have one week for the next 11 and yeah. a half months. And it's it's the beginning of the year. So, like, yeah, wild. the rest of the year, you would have one week. Like, But that's wild for me to think about because I've never had that traditional idea. You never even experienced it. like. And it's wild for people to think about mine. Like, oh, my God, you have a week off already? Yeah. And I had the first two weeks off of this year. You know? Amen. <laughs> so it's just so it's it's so interesting. But I think what you're saying is talking about being at the table. We were talking about something at the table, right? What were we talking about? Like just being fighting to get to a table that you found wasn't worth it at that point. Like right. that experience and we were that I tried advantage. to fight for so hard was not great. And it made me, it pushed me to get to create my own table because I realized that instead of trying to formulate myself into this situation, it's better to create my own path. And it is scary, like you mentioned, but it was so much more worth it. And it it also mm-hmm. allowed me going forward to realize the tables that I do try to go in now, it has to feel right. And I'm never forcing myself in there, if that makes sense. Like, Yeah. And you know what? This happened to me over a long period of time, right? Maybe mm. s- the past five or six years, right? It's 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 not a quick, it wasn't a quick thing for me. It might've been for somebody else listening. It might've been a quick like kind of switch for me, for them. Yeah. But for me, it was wanting something more for myself. And 
I had to take the steps that I needed to, to want more for myself. And if that, where I was, wasn't going to offer it to me and they didn't have the capability of doing it, I needed to find it myself. So I had to then rely on myself to find more and what I kind of wanted to do with myself and do challenge myself. So I found that. And then I had to, I had to completely cut ties because I wanted more and there was not more for me to be had there. And I had to say, okay, I'm going to go down this road. Was that Mm. road, new road, any better than where I was? No. But I didn't know if I didn't try. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I realized that I was sitting at a table. I was sitting at the kitty table. Right? When Mm -hmm. I thought that I was going to be at this adult table. But I was actually at the kitty table with thousands of other people. And it was almost like the adult table was stacked on top of the kitty table. And it was like crumbs sweeping to each side, falling to the kitchen table, right? <laughs> I feel like I know this table you're this talking about. This table was <laughs> not for me. It took me everything to say I didn't want to go back. I even remember yeah. saying, I want this. Well, we can't mm-hmm. do that. Okay. And then I said, listen, I need a break. I need a break from this. Because this is not for me. This is what I thought it was going to be was not for me. But also, it could have been a two-way road. It could have been like what they thought they were getting from me was not for for them what they thought either. So it could have been both. But for me and my own experience, that was not for me. Was it a a better situation than I was previously or previous to that? No. But it wasn't the same exact thing that I was doing. So rip the Band-Aid off figure out what we're going to do, right? You've never in your life, you have to admit, you've never in your life not have a roof over your head, correct? There was part of my life, but there was younger. Okay. Um. <laughs> younger, right? Yeah. In your adult life. Never mind. You've never, life. No. You've never in your adult life not had something to eat. Yep. You, those, you're doing great, right? You're doing yeah. great. And I think... As gig workers, we understand it's going to be hard sometimes, but there's some things you won't sacrifice. Your yeah, well-being, yeah. your shelter, and potentially what you're going to be eating, right? Now, yeah. that those are some things that you can struggle with in your life, but know that you're going to get through it, right? You're just telling yourself, I'm going to get through this. And sure. that's what happens. You make that choice. That table's not for you you might have to start out at a smaller table, right? You might have to start at a table for two or a table for one. And then you start realizing, oh, I'm in a community that's much bigger than that. Instead of being in a company table, now you're in a community table, almost like those community gardens, right? Everybody's sharing mm, this space. Yeah. We're, not, we're not telling anybody else what they have to do. We're sharing ideas. And that's when the table becomes more organic for you yeah. as a gig worker. True. True that. All right, guys. So we're going to go ahead and finish up this bummy sandwich. Our tofu is ready. Our veggies are basically ready as well. And we just need our bread and let's get our sauce together. So for your bread, the bummy bread that we normally use, if you have an Asian market, they actually have it. It's kind of like a French bread that's a little bit wider. So you want it 
because that French bread kind of gives you that crunch. And we're going to heat this bread a little bit. Um, you can either use a panini press if you have one, or if you don't, you can just use a pan and kind of like you're making a grilled cheese in a sense. It's the easiest way to do it. But you want that kind of crispy bread so that soft on the inside, crispy on the outside. So those baguettes that are a little bit bigger work amazingly. In a pinch, I've used hoagie bread, but <laughs> it's very soft. So it's not the best, but you want something like looks like a hoagie bread, but it is a little crispier on the outside. So if, if you don't you know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm saying baguette, but just for people that don't know what a baguette is, or have never seen a baguette, it looks like we want something that is a baguette, but is wide as a hoagie, if that makes sense. Like, you know, the combination of the two. If you have an Asian market, easy to find, guys. You literally tell them you're making a bummy sandwich and they'll point you in the direction. You'll see it in the fresh bread spots um, and it's easy to get. For our sauce, we're going to use a little veganaise, a little sriracha, and we're going to get a mixture of that with some fresh garlic. So we're going to make a slight aioli here. So aioli is basically mayonnaise and garlic and then whatever else you want. We're t- taking the vegan route because of TJ. So we got the veganaise here, which is mayonnaise without eggs, basically. And we Not have basically, sriracha. it is. I mean, yeah, I'm saying like it's, it's mayonnaise with no eggs. Like, <laughs> No, I don't use the veganaise, but you can use the vegan. There's a it lot actually, of vegan mayonnaise products. Very, it works very well. Um, There's a lot of vegan mayonnaise products. It works very well. It gives you that creaminess still. Um, yeah. adding, the, adding the fresh, like making it into an aioli, you control yeah. the flavor, which mm-hmm. I love. Um, So we both like spice. So we're using a little sriracha here. Of course, that fresh garlic. Don't use the garlic that comes already chopped in the glass jar. Hate that. Um, what if it comes yeah. in plastic? Would you have something against glass? Or all your listeners that love glass? Or did you just offend them? Because it comes in glass? Pre, pre-chopped? No, I'm talking about any of the pre-chopped garlic that is in a chemical that keeps it from going bad that you're putting into you. You don't have the garlic flavor. It just looks like garlic. We don't want mm. that. We want actual garlic. Mm. So There's let's nothing go wrong with, with pre-chopped garlic. All of you out there. Yes, yeah, there isn't until you taste actual I'm the same person that asked you if you use scissors to cut your cilantro. I remember. I remember. <laughs> So, yeah, so if you want to follow TJ on his scissors journey to cut your stuff in in the glass jar of garlic, then go ahead, guys. TJTechRio.com. For the rest of us, we're going to use some fresh garlic so we can taste it. Um, (laughs) And it's going to make our sauce. So we just want to put a thin layer on top and bottom of our bread. Then we're going to layer it with our tofu. We're going to get our carrots and onions and jalapenos, do a thin little layer. And the last thing, guys, which is very important, is fresh cilantro. That freshness of the cilantro mm-hmm. really brings this whole sandwich together. Mm-hmm. And from there, we just want to press our sandwich. And there's your bun me. It's literally the simplest, like, best-tasting sandwich, in my opinion. It just has all the good things. Um, and when I mentioned earlier they were going to use that nutritional yeast as well, since this sandwich has no cheese, and it has no cheese traditionally as well, the good thing about the vegan side of it, if you use a little nutritional yeast right on top of that cilantro, it gives you that umami slash kind of like cheese flavor because we're kind of making a, like I said earlier, like that grilled cheese if you never had one. And it really brings it together um, without being over cheesy in any kind of way. No pun intended. 
Um, <laughs> so there's there it is, guys. So before we get out of here, TJ, any last um, words of wisdom you want to leave for the people? No, I think it's I think when we're talking about making decisions, you have to put yourself in the forefront of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a big one for me that I had to learn was people can pay you for your creativity, but once they pay you for your time, it your time becomes more and more precious, right? So at what point are you willing to sacrifice that for for other people? And when you really want to do something, it's scary out there. It's like walking mm-hmm. a plank or walking on a you know a, a 10 meter diving board. You might not know how to do it. But you know, and you have the drive and you can tell yourself, we're going to do it and you jump, right? You make that leap and you, you might hit every tree on the way down, every branch (laughs) on the way down, but you've made that mistake and you hold that, that experience like nobody else can hold that experience. And you can say to somebody else, you can offer them information like this, like we're doing now. People are going to listen because you know what? You did it. You put yourself first. I put myself in a spot where I said, this is not right for me. How do I change it? I moved to another spot and another job. And I realized that was even worse for me. What do I do? <laughs> I pick up where I want to start something new. And once I start that something new, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to podcast. I learn from YouTube, free resources out there. I pull up my bootstraps and I do. Once you do one, then you do the next. Then you do the next. And I have after that ball starts rolling and you get that initial push, it's going to start going slowly and then mm-hmm. it'll start running and the ball starts then going by itself. And then all of a sudden the ball turns into a wheel and you can sit inside and it'll just do its own thing. Right. But you have to make yeah. sure that you're putting yourself in the center of that. Don't yeah. sacrifice anything that you don't feel comfortable in five years saying, man, I shouldn't have done that. Amen. You want to make um, those you want to make all those things and say in 5 years damn you did that you did that. Yeah. And I think for me that wraps up basically what I would say with when people ask you what do you bring to the table because we're talking about sitting at the table it's everything TJ just said it's your experiences it's your your journey that you went through like TJ coming in to give me ideas of listening I I don't just get TJ as him being there, he brings all of that experience and everything he's been through to the table. And when you are at a point where you maybe are not valuing yourself as much yet, understand that you do have all of that value and you bring all of that with you when you go to the table. And as he said about when people pay you for your time, that time is also all the time you put in. So you have to remember that over that journey that you've already done, that is what you bring to the table. Like you're more you know than just that mistake. I have to throw this into the to the mixing pot that we have going on here. It's not just necessarily about a job, right? About the table. Mm-hmm. We're talking about metaphorically about a job. This could be about your relationships with other people, with relationships with your family, mm-hmm. with yourself, with your community that you're in. Really asking yourselves, is is this friend giving you that value? Are you kind of 
are they helping you to be who you really aspire to be, right? And just kind of making those hard choices with different things in your life, your relationship. Is it valuing? Is it kind of helping you be a better person, you know? it And really putting yourself in the middle of it is, do you want more from yourself than what you, where you're at now? And being gentle, I think that's a really big thing too, is being gentle with your thoughts and your mind because mental health is something that really can can be a dangerous side effect of some of these things. And really just being yeah. gentle with all of it and telling yourself, Give it's yourself okay. grace. Yeah. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to pretend to be okay. Yes. Because pretending to be okay will get you nowhere. But if you're mm-hmm. if you are honest and you say, you know what, I'm not okay. There's help. People understand that. People don't understand how are you doing? I'm okay. Or how are you doing? Great. They're gonna believe you. They're gonna believe that you're yeah. great because you're pretending. And that's not okay, right? Well, you wanna yeah. be honest with yourself, get the help that you need if you need that help, because there's tools out there for that. Because if not, it's a downward spiral. And the like I said, Gravity can pull you quicker to the ground than you can jump off of it, right? So being gentle. Amen. All right, TJ. Well, thank you for joining me once again. It's always a pleasure to not only just talk to you about different topics, but because we are friends, it's always awesome to just talk to you in any way. And we go off on these wild tangents that um, are always awesome. So (laughs) thank you for joining me today. And for all the people out there, Remind them where you are, where to reach out to you, and how to get in touch with you. Oh yeah, so I think I said it earlier in the um, in the podcast. You can find me on Instagram, uh, TJ Tecurio, T E K U R I O is my last name. That's my handle on Instagram. I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. You can find me on Facebook there, TJ T J T E K U R I O dot com, and you'll see all of my information, all the shows that I'm doing, all the classes that I curate for um, uh, health and wellness uh, for the aging population. Um, I you can find all of my podcasts there they're all there they're all they're all both they're all both of them that i do (laughs) there's gonna be new ones coming up but if you want to follow my podcast that's ease podcast e-a-s-e podcast um that's the handle for instagram and for facebook and um yeah drop me a dm if you want to yeah and or um just listen to mine (laughs) just listen to my podcast right dms are open all right well guys we'll be back (laughs) We'll be back with another episode next week. As always, thank you for listening and see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Cooking Your Way Through Life with Chef Hollywood.